Welcome to another installment of Next in Line, part of the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. I'm your host tonight, Adam Mendelovitz. Adam Davis was nice enough to arrange an interview with the Executive Business Officer of Loudoun United FC. That's right, Doug Raftery. And I will be posting the full interview momentarily. But before I get into that, I wanted to uh, recap a couple of things while I still have the time. First, the match against uh, Indy 11 on the previous Saturday evening. Look, I don't usually like complaining about the referees. I know there's some standard of deviation that you got to account for, especially when you play in a league that does not use VAR, but when a game has more combined yellow cards than shots on goal, nine versus eight, respectively, something has gone very wrong. It was a very physical game. The ref lost control of that match. And on top of that, there were... Loudon was jobbed out of at least two or three goals that I could see. Take a look at the highlights that uh, was posted by the USL Championship on ESPN Plus themselves. The blatant handball in the box in the first half by uh, former Loudon, now uh, Indy 11 defender Robbie Dambra. No penalty. Zach Ryan, amazing shot that bounced off the bottom of the crossbar, crossed the line, then bounced off the bar inside the net. No goal. You can clearly see these things happening. I mean, okay, maybe Adel saves the penalty if Robbie Dambrot gets called for the uh, blatant handball, but there was just not there at all. I know that the staff and the players aren't allowed to argue about it, but I, as a podcaster, talking head, uh, random jerk on the internet, have the full right to say that was bullshit. No argument about the goals that Indy did score, though, from Sebastian Guenzati or Juan Tejada catching uh, Hugo flat-footed near the end of the match. And uh, that amazing uh, ball by Khalil El Medkar within the first five or six minutes for Loudon to take an early lead. But it just left a bad taste in everyone's mouth how the ref single-handedly whether out of malice or more likely incompetence, just uh, lost the game for Loudon. It was just awful. I hope that, you know, there's some accountability, even if it's just uh, the U.S. pro referees just saying are bad upon further review, but I'm not going to hold my breath for that. And now, league-wise... Loudon drops down a few spots on the table, and they face an opponent in El Paso who is unbeaten in their last five games at this time. The competition is not going to get any easier. It's just so frustrating how that ended. But let's focus on the more uh, immediate concern and hopefully the more fun uh, one that we can bounce back. The uh, much-hyped, much-advertised, much-anticipated coming match against the Columbus Crew in the U.S. Open Cup, round of 32. The Columbus Crew, one of the original MLS teams that has survived to this day, though their logo with a bunch of guys forming a crew has been changed to a giant C with a triangle at the bottom hollowed out for reasons that I don't quite understand. 
maybe my uh, extended family in Columbus can inform me of the reason if they listen to this podcast. Anyway, the U.S. Open Cup was the first trophy that they ever won, 2002, in the finals over uh, the L.A. Galaxy. And they've been looking to repeat that ever since. Not much other than uh, a couple of MLS Cups in 2008 and 2020, as well as a handful of supporters' shields for those who are into that. But uh, they have not yet gotten the U.S. Open Cup versus Loudon, who is in their first ever U.S. Open Cup season and playing with house money at this point. Somewhat literally, considering they're going to be playing at home. And expectations are about as high as you can get for a uh, USL championship, let alone a new one to the competition. Now, Columbus might be uh, slumping, having uh, lost their uh, last two league matches coming into this game and just barely beating uh, Indy 11. Hey, there's a callback for you. Beating Indy 11-1-0 in their Open Cup match. But that does not mean this is going to be an easy match by any uh, means. In that game, they started multiple designated players, including... uh, In that game, Columbus started multiple designated players against Indy, including uh, Colombian striker Cucho Hernandez, captain and former U.S. international Darlington Nagby, and star center backs Milos Dejenic and uh, Steven Moreira anchoring the back line alongside promising youngsters from their uh, Crew 2 side in MLS Next Pro, with uh, homegrown midfielders Sean Zawadzki and Isaiah Parente, alongside former Maryland Terrapin and Canadian international Jason Russell Rowe. Patrick Murphy from the uh, Columbus Crew fan blog uh, Massive Report admitted that there's a big gap in the level of competition between uh, MLS Next Pro and uh, USL Championship. So, in theory, Loudon might have the advantage if Columbus decides to play their B team, as MLS sides like to do. On the other hand, Columbus is coming off about a week and a half of rest, so they might decide to give some of their A team starts to shake off that rust. Or maybe they do a mix of both like they did against Indy, and there's a chance that the team chemistry doesn't mesh as well as Loudon, who have been playing with mostly the same lineup for this season. Having said that, Loudon is coming into the game on just a few days rest after the aforementioned frustrating match with Indy 11. And on top of that, uh, another defender has been added to the list of walking wounded, with uh, Giannis Learman tweaking his ankle uh, before the match. So... The good news is that Giannis is only expected to miss a couple of weeks compared to the longer term of uh, Cole Turner or the out-for-the-season-ness of Kwame Awua. On the other hand, that's still, that two-week time frame still includes this Open Cup match. It means that Daniel Chica, maybe Aiden Roja, and uh, Landry Nananhusu will have to step up. I don't know if this team can sustain any more injuries to the defense, but if they do have to dig into the uh, DC United Academy kids, at least we've got uh, Dash Papez, who was on the bench against Indy, though didn't take the field, unfortunately. But uh, he's shown some promise from the little bits that I've seen him play, some high soccer IQ on the academy teams with the 
U-17s. Not to mention uh, Graham Jones and Ethan Pendleton, though they might be better as wingbacks, but there's still plenty of time for them to grow, and all three of them have trained with Loudon and with DC in the offseason at different points, so there's a non-zero chance we could see them on the roster. As for who will emerge victorious, I don't want to jinx anything, so the only thing I will say is that I predict it'll be a hard-fought, knockdown, drag-out game that'll end with a one-goal margin of victory. Whether that goal will be Loudon's or the Columbus Crews, I couldn't tell you, but I do hope it is Loudon. All right, I phrased it like that, so hopefully the jinx doesn't get me. Thank you all for your patience. And now here's the interview I did with Doug Raftery. As we discuss not just his anticipation for the U.S. Open Cup match, both on and off the field, but also Loudon's efforts to raise awareness of the team and their community, to build up uh, connections with the youth programs across Virginia, as well as right here in Loudoun County, and more coming right... Now. All right, so welcome to a special edition of uh, Next in Line as one of the two Loud Adams, uh, Adam and Delovitz, and uh, with here a special guest, uh, the Executive Business Officer of Loudon United FC, Doug Rafferty. How are you? How are you, man? <sighs> Doing well on this uh, sunny uh, afternoon in Ashburn. I'm with you. Crossing, crossing the fingers that it's uh, looking just like this on Wednesday evening. Aren't we all? You got. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, you got Colum- the Columbus Crew coming to town for the U.S. Open Cup match, the uh, first ever uh, year that uh, Loudon's been able to go to the U.S. Open Cup, and the farthest that they've ever gone, technically speaking. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but of course, you know, there's uh, after a statement victory over uh, flower city union five zero um columbus crew are not going to be any slouch in that department uh even if uh they bring their b team that still includes uh potentially seeing uh, cucho hernandez or many of the other uh players that they have that uh could rival it i guess um do you not have any insight in how the team is preparing for this event yeah um well, certainly we're, we're preparing as if the A team is coming, <laughs> um, you know, uh, they, they Columbus at, you know, they, they just got done with their bye week. Um, so they're going to be so on more rest. They are, they are. So we'll see, you know, we'll see what they throw out there. Um, in the end. So I'm sure, you know, I'm not going to give you too much of a media answer, but you prepare <laughs> for what you can prepare for, right? Like you got to prepare for all the guys. Like we understand that, there's probably a bit more preparation that goes into this one just because you don't know um, more than likely, uh, you know, today sometime, you know, they're going to, they're going to send their, their roster and in the U S open cup, you literally can send uh, a roster name of, you know, 20, 29 guys. Um, so it doesn't really give you an idea of, of who's coming or who's not. It's pretty much just who's eligible. Um, wow. So you just don't know. Right. Um Whereas on the other side, they probably have a little bit better of an idea of, of what we, we've got um, and, and probably what we're going to show. Um, um, 
so you know in the end we try to worry about us right we we, we right. truly do we've got some things to uh to work on from this past weekend that uh we're working on addressing and despite it being a bit of an unlucky result um i think in our minds the result happened so uh i think it's how do we how do we work to not be caught up too much in our emotions against columbus but also play off of our emotions at the same time is it's probably going to be the biggest key um more than the talent on the pitch uh because as you see like these these cup sets if you will they happen and they happen i want to say fairly consistently but but they happen so we feel like yeah. we have a chance why not us right exactly exactly uh, yeah and off the field uh how are you i guess at, like how's the stadium preparing how's the staff getting prepared for this uh, historic day yeah uh ticket sales team is on the phone still right now mm-hmm. um you know they are uh we're putting in some evening work today done a lot of work um over the last week in the end we'll, we'll only be on sale if you will for eight eight days total leading up to this game so wow um you know, it's a challenge, right? It's a challenge to turn something uh, from a literal zero. You know, we start with zero um, because this isn't a game that's included in season ticket packages or anything like that. So we go from zero to whatever we can get to. Um, so we, we feel good. Uh, we were at uh, youth soccer fields all weekends around town. We were at the largest farmer's market in town um, this weekend uh, promoting the game. We were uh, we did a couple school appearances last week that we were promoting the game to. Um, we'll be at some youth fields tonight, um, and uh, we probably stopped by 40 to 50 different uh, restaurants and uh, key places to drop off material. Um, so we're, we're out and about, uh, certainly. Um, so uh, we're excited. You know, it's going to be, if you were at the home opener, it's going to be, uh, from a theatric standpoint, pretty similar. You know, the experiences and the, the pyro, you know, shooting off from behind the supporter section, and uh, we're going to make it a a spectacle at the very least for uh for hopefully what is a really good crowd for mm-hmm. us on Wednesday night and two dollar yeah. beer How can and you go two dollar beer huh? well I guess that leads into my uh next uh set of questions is that uh step back from the open cup for a moment and uh, talk about the uh USL championship season uh do you think it's been like uh meeting expectations exceeding them or are there are things you can improve in terms of uh I guess the game experience or the stadium itself. Yeah. Um, I think we learn something every match. Um, we receive, you know, with more people typically comes more feedback, right? Uh, which is good. So we've received a lot of helpful fan feedback. You can only, you can only see so much when you're in it. Uh, certainly we're supposed to be the experts, um, but you can only see so much, you know, similar to anyone's day job when you're in it, you could be too deep in it sometimes. So um, I think from a fan experience standpoint, we've been pretty pleased with our theme nights and, and our build outs. Um, you know, I think we've done a really good job creating a, a fun and uh, a fun kid zone, you know, and one that, that kids really want to go to. Um you know, we noticed early on that a lot of the kids loved the face painting and all that. And we had one face painter. We've expanded that now to two with an entertainer um, that's been positioned along with them, whether that's a magician or someone on a unicycle or, or whatever it might be. So that's been that's been nice. Obviously, adding the pyro um, on the home opener and this upcoming Wednesday is a neat thing. We'll have cryo um, when the players walk out as well, coming out of the tunnels. Oh, wow. Uh, just creating an ex- exciting atmosphere. So. You know, I think we have a lot of work to do. Um, 
you know, we're, we're still figuring out our food a little bit um, from a, you know, food trucks perspective and the variety there and, and how to cut down on the lines. But um, from like a pinch points perspective, we've been, been pretty pleased, um, you know, where things have gone. So, you know, we're truly, we're starting where we ended in 2022. That's where we're starting thus far this year from a, you know, fan attendance standpoint, which yeah. is what we were thinking would happen. Um, so I think that there's expected growth. And uh, there's already a handful of games um, that we have more soul tickets than what has come um, over this first stretch of the year. So community has been great. Uh, it's a long term game. You know, it's a long play and uh, uh, we continue to go at it day by day. Yeah, still plenty of months of uh, season to go and hopefully open cup. But it also, so. yeah, but also remind me of a related question that I wanted to ask uh, mm-hmm. when Greg Baroni and the other uh, members of the the new owners or the group thereof uh, came in, did they, I guess, did they uh, propose to you any new uh, ideas for raising attendance awareness of the uh, team in the, in Loudoun County and abroad and greater parts? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the biggest thing that has probably um, changed has been our community efforts Mm -hmm. more than anything and uh, getting into the schools, but also the hot spots in town, meaning mm-hmm. the village at Leesburg and one Loudon, and, you know, when they have events, um, you know, to our concert series, you know, those things, making sure that we're on site, but mm-hmm. we're also, you know, at schools helping with carpool, you know, or picking kids up in the afternoon and players are out there signing autographs. And obviously we're giving away information, you know, along, along the same lines. Um, you know, they're true believers that you got to go, got to go out to the community in order for them to expect to come to you um so that's the approach i think over the last probably 60 ish or 90 days that we've we've pivoted to obviously there's you know there's your regular marketing right that you do and paid advertising and all that stuff but <laughs> yeah um the you know, uh, marketing was not my usually not my strong suit so i'll <laughs> leave that part up to you <laughs> yeah yeah um but community is important right so I, i'd say yeah. that that's probably what's been most uh most front facing, if you will, from, uh, uh, since, since everyone's come on board, um, mm-hmm. and very helpful, right. Help, very helpful. Um, yeah. Greg's, uh, Greg's daughter, um, Angela is part of, uh, part of the ownership group as well. And, um, she is a, she lives in Leesburg. Um, she played soccer at East Carolina. So she's been extremely helpful in making a lot of introductions and getting folks out here just for the first time. And, uh, in the end, you know, we want to invite people out and have people out for the first time. And typically, when that happens, say more often than not, way more often than not, they really enjoy it and they want to come back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd say that, that that's probably the biggest of things that that has changed, if you will, since the the uh, the, the acquisition. That's hmm. good to hear that there's been it's been you guys have a positive relationship with the new owners. Uh, it also rolls into another question I had about if you have been you know making connections with the various local. Uh, soccer organizations you know at the youth level whether it's schools and colleges whether it's the like the virginia revolution uh, that play uh, just a few miles away from segra whether it's various other semi-pro teams in the area if whether it's you know just either for uh players that could potentially join loudon in the future or if it's just for raising awareness that hey this is uh we've also got professional soccer here too yeah um, I'd say it's continuous work in progress. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of clubs out there, right? 
Um, there's a lot of clubs. So, um, we, we've, you know, right across the street, we obviously have Loudon soccer, um, Mm -hmm. which we've participated in, um, a lot of their events, um, over the last even year, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they'll have like family fun days and, um, they'll, they'll pick some days, right. That, that they have some larger attendances and larger events we've got up there. Wednesday nights is kind of their more high level club Academy program, if you will. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've been up there, um, and connected with folks, uh, Virginia revolution. We have, um, have gotten to know Nico and Stephanie and and the crew very well over there. Um, and, uh, our, our sport performance partner, elite wellness is, um, actually on the front of their, their, uh, their jerseys. And they work very closely from a recovery performance uh, perspective with the revolution and, and elite wellness. So, uh, we've gotten some inroads there and they've been great. Um, and then FC Virginia has, has uh, actually uh, come on board uh, very strongly this year. Um, they'll be extremely present on June 9th, uh, which is our first fireworks night of the year as well. Um, Adam Baumgartner over there has led that charge and has been fantastic to work with. So um, the three of those in particular, and then, you know, more recently we just met with Arlington soccer um, and we've got some meetings lined up here to, kind of expand a little bit, you know, outside of like our general area, you know, we work with some of the other uh, rec leagues and, and all that, but from a large club standpoint, we still have some work to do in that right. space. Uh, but we are meeting more people than uh, called a year ago, you know, when I kind of first stepped in, uh, which is the good news, you know, we, we continue yeah. to progress in, in the, a good direction there. And I imagine with the DC becoming a minority owner and possibly I'm just speculating, looking to, uh, looking to uh, exit this uh, part of it that you're setting up a, I guess, pseudo academy branch. Would that be in the future plans or would that, or am I just uh, being wildly ambitious here? Yeah, probably more the latter. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it out of, uh, you know, it's not out of left field by any means, if you will, you know, a bit of a different sports term, but yeah. I would say that we um, there's general interests, right? Um, mm. in it, I think it's a very, very large conversation that we haven't spent much time on quite right. yet. Um, and uh, but I do think it is one that we're gonna spend some time on, you know, heading into 24 mm. and beyond of you know, what does that setup look like? Um, who are the right partners, right? What you know, the DC United Academy obviously is a thing. Um, mm. you know, obviously there's rumblings obviously of, of other things um happening in dcu land from mls next pro and all that stuff but yeah i think we still have a lot of stuff to figure out right they're they're still they're still a partner right with greg and with the team yeah. sports and entertainment so I, I don't think we have a great answer yet although i do know like it's been at a very high level discussed mm-hmm. i was just curious about that thanks for because it's been on yeah. my mind and on a Related note, I've noticed uh, some DCU Academy products are still uh, making it onto the roster. Dash Popez and uh, Drew Hartman, though they haven't uh, played yet this year, they've been spotted on the bench, plus uh, Xavier O'Neill, though I think he's technically graduated from the Academy at Virginia Tech now, uh, been announced as being on the roster according to USL Championship. Um, do you foresee uh, any more of these, uh, I guess, DCU Academy kids getting involved uh, playing for Loudon in the near future? Yeah, I mean, I, I can speak, you know, of a couple of them, you know, on a couple of them, um, but not much outside of that. You know, I would mm-hmm. say for, for you know, we, we had some 
um, you know, with Dash, we had, we had, you know, some center back uh, depth uh, challenges th this yeah. past weekend. So we, um, you know, we felt comfortable there. I think it's a, it's an, it's a nice go-to if you will, you know, if it's a need, certainly don't want to make it a, a extremely consistent thing. You know, I don't think you'll see what you saw in the past, but I do think that it's an option. Um, <laughs> and then with Drew, right. I, I think we trust Drew a lot. Um, obviously a lot of growth still to come, but I, I think we, we trust Drew a lot and he's, um, a kid who is, uh, you know, can consistently be seen around us from a training environment. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, you know, in the end we, you know, we've got two keepers, um, uh, but God forbid something happens, uh, which, which has already this year. Um, mm -hmm. you know, he, he is, he is a, a our go-to, if you will, from a, a backup for it really option, you know, at that point. So I'd say between those two, right. That's the reasonings, right. Why we've seen a couple of them. Um, and I think that, uh, uh, you know, in the end, Adam, if the, if any kid specifically on DC United Academy deserves a chance to be signed or, you know, to get a look right, just to come up for a game or whatever it is, like, mm -hmm. we're going to give them that chance, uh, whether it's for depth issues or, um, you know, it's still got to be earned, right. If it's depth yeah, issues yeah. or, or if it's just, you know, getting, you know, a better, better spot for that kid, um, than, than someone else who we have currently on the roster. So mm -hmm. I think it's. It's not just DC United Academy, though, right? We're looking all yeah. over the place at, at any given time within reason um, of how to provide depth and, and help our roster out. Yeah. Like, for example, just thinking of last year, Christian Fletcher, I think, was with the Bethesda SC before he came on to Loudoun for a few games and impressed everyone to the point where DC themselves uh, brought him up and gave him a contract. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool, uh, it's a cool thing, right? Yeah. It's a really cool thing uh, to see. Yeah, you um, want to see that, I don't know if, of course. But yeah, I don't know same... if we've put it... Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I don't know if we've put it out yet on social media, um, but I'll tease that we um, we got a bunch of videos from from some former guys, um, you know, Jackson, um, uh, even, you know, Hayden, um, uh, Paredes. Uh, Kevin sent a video in wishing oh, good luck to lovely. everybody from Wednesday. <laughs> So, um, yeah. you know, the connection's still there. Like these guys are still paying attention and rooting on Loudon, which that's I think great is really to cool. hear. Matai was another one. So, you know, really cool to see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, outside of the academy, are there any uh, hints of future signings coming to Loudon later this season? I wish I could tell you. Oh. Uh, but I, I can't. <laughs> I would say, you know, listen, we're always active in the space, right? right. We're always active in the space. Because um, you just, first off, you never know what's going to happen. You know, you, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, you need, especially later in the year, as we get towards the late summer into fall, you know, the guys who you sign need a minimum number of games played to be eligible for the playoffs, um, which is five. You know, they, they need to appear in five games. So, you know, you start really looking at that stuff kind of, you know, midsummer-ish. And then if it's, you know, if it's injury-related um, and, and we need to bring someone else on board, right, we're going to balance – how long the injury is do we feel like we could stop gap it with someone or do we need to go out and sign someone um so you know it's a situation by situation but i would say like truly there's nothing like in the pipeline um that that you know is four months down the road that i that i know of that's mm -hmm. definitely happening today yeah just uh you know noticing these injuries in the back line or the list is getting a little longer so 
It is. It is. And uh, speaking yeah. for myself, it just makes, you know, making me nervous about that going into the next few games. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, in the end, you got decisions to make, right? It's the hardest part of our jobs, mm -hmm. you know, and Coach Ryan's job and Clarence, and uh, it's the <laughs> hardest part, right? Because um, a couple of those, you know, without speaking name specific, are a uh, couple week esque type of uh, injuries. So mm -hmm. can't really. You can't go sign the guy, you know, for yeah. a couple week injury. You've got to rely on the depth that and you then have. When, that and you then when the first guy out. comes back, he goes, oh, well, sorry, buddy. Yep. <laughs> Unless yep. you get Wally pipped, which is, yeah, the opposite problem. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then, uh, you know, listen, from the business standpoint, right, you're sitting on then additional salary. Um, yeah. You weren't really expecting. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a game. So it's, it's like playing checkers or chess. <laughs> More, more like chess than chess. Or shogi if you want to go that far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Japanese form of chess for those who aren't in yeah. the know. Uh, but uh, enough about the uh, metaphors, I guess. Uh, uh, so are there any other, um, I guess, future plans for the uh, organization or the stadium outside of just what's coming through the Open Cup? I know we've been seeing the uh, giant uh, jumbotron being put into place in the corner of the field something that the fans have been, you know, hoping for, for a while. Yeah, me, me too. <laughs> uh, you know, thankful, obviously, yeah. like for, for ownership support there. Um, we're going to put on a heck of a show when it's ready to go, of which I'm just calling it'll be ready soon. <laughs> we've, we've just got to still tackle some, a few missing pieces there. But um, yeah, I think that, um you know, we're creating a little bit of uh, spaces. I'm sure you might have noticed, like, the pitch-level party zone um, inside mm -hmm. the, the – to the right of the hospitality area when you walk in the main gates. Yeah. You know, trying to add and create spaces to understand what the demand is, you know, from, like, a group outing perspective. So, you know, as long as we continue to do well there, I see us, you know, probably adding some, some more group area um, – think like you know party deck type of stuff um you know we'll have an opening where the current scoreboard is in in that level of, of the stadium um we've got you know the pitch level party zone which i would love to build out into something um and uh you know i'm hopeful that we can add some sort of you know suites um above uh, one of the sidelines as well down the road so uh, I think that there's going to be a lot of CapEx improvements. I think that there's high hopes there. You know, I think with Greg coming on board and obviously it all has to make financial sense. Um, and, and that's why you write models and put together projections and, and all that fun mm -hmm. stuff. But um, I do expect there to be additions. You know, we are adding a press box that'll actually be field level right underneath of the video board. So that's where all the control mm -hmm. room stuff will add and, uh, or, or that's where the control room will be along with some media that'll be in there as well. Um, so there are going to be things, right, that come along that I think enhance uh, at least someone's experience in a, in a beneficial way. So, say, you know, on that topic, we're always open to feedback. I don't get a ton of it, to be honest, um, from the fan about the things that we could do. Uh, I have, you know, I visit a lot of yeah. stadiums and have been, at, you know, working at a few stadiums now. So, um, you know, we've, we've hired some folks that are looking at the architecture of the facility and what we can do. So there is a lot of stuff in motion. Um, mm. Uh, even the areas that we have now, how do we, how do we beautify that? You know, we tried to add a beer garden 
Um, you know, we lost half of it due to some windstorms. So, uh, you know, making things a bit more permanent um, from a structure standpoint is towards the top of the list. So some of the beautification that's to come. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think more to come. It's difficult to do a lot of that stuff when you're in season. Um, yeah, I can imagine. But, but we are talking about a lot of stuff, which is exciting. Especially with uh, Old Glory and uh, a handful of Academy uh, scrimmages happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to add a, we're, we're going to add a, a mini concert series um, on Ooh. the front concourse. Mm -hmm. So that, that'll be announced soon, really soon. Um, so that, that's going to be a thing. So we're excited to bring that to life. So we'll have a handful of, uh, you know, either like 80s, 90s, rock, et cetera, kind of, kind of cover bands, um, mm -hmm. if you will, regional bands that'll come in and put on a good show. So we're going to host that stuff. And we're hopeful to, to lock down some, um, some friendlies, if you will. Uh, hopefully at least one international friendly that we're we're working on negotiating so there's things Ooh. happening behind the scenes you know nice. from a, a business and, and team standpoint that uh we're really hopeful to lock down here in the really you know really near future call the right. next 30 days i guess i should practice my harmonica for the future then yeah uh, also i heard on a uh, more serious note i heard that uh, loudon county is doing a it's like some sort of food truck uh event next weekend this coming yes. Saturday, I believe. Yeah, it's the uh, Loco Food Truck Festival. It's on Saturday, May 13th. Mm -hmm. um, it'll actually be in the parking lots that surrounds the stadium. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we'll be present there, right, from a, a table standpoint and, and spin wheel and all that fun stuff and, and educating on Loudoun United. But, um, yeah, it's actually the second annual one. They did it last year. They're expecting it to be way bigger this year, just from mm -hmm. the engagement that they've gotten. In the end, we love, you know, we don't consider us like a, a I'm going to say a partner in the space. We do promote it, right? And like we want mm -hmm. it to do well uh, because in the end, if it does well, it, you know, more people are coming out here and seeing the stadium uh, that may not have come and see the stadium. You know, we're not downtown by any means. So mm -hmm. I think that stuff like that is good. And um, they'll host the, you know, the Loco, I think they call it Kids Fest um, on Labor Day in September as well which we'll actually open the stadium for and do some activities on the field and stuff. Mm. Um, so we try to partner with them when it makes sense and the days make sense. Um, but it's going to be a really fun event. It's free, right? Obviously you have to pay for the food and the trucks and all that, but it uh, should be a really fun event. So looking forward to it. I'll be, I'll be there. All right. Um, any final thoughts uh, outside of Loudon? No, I mean, we go to El Paso, you know, after the open cup, which is a difficult trip. Mm -hmm. um you know we fly out on thursday morning so it's a, it's a bit difficult you know from a trip perspective but uh hopefully we can go on the road you know and show on the road you know we showed mm -hmm. well in memphis we've had a couple of eh ones since then uh, away from home yeah so hopefully we can go to el paso they're they're playing really well right now yeah uh, but at least after the open cup they'll have a week to rest before heading out exactly so yeah so hopeful that we we perform well uh we need to start racking up some more wins in usl championship and we want to fight for a playoff spot. That's yep. on the field. That's the goal. How do we get let's, to the playoffs? Let's all hope so. So, well, thank you for uh, thank you for sitting in with this interview, Doug. Uh, my name is no Adam Indelovitz, one of the two loud Adams for Next in Line, part of the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. And as always, stay loud and united. Oh.